Hello, this is Frank. And this is Bobby. And you're listening to the audio portion of our TV program, An Overcoming Life. This is a program of anointed teaching and overcoming testimonies. If you want to be blessed, then keep listening to this program once a week. Please let us know if you were inspired by the program. Our address is P.O. Box 53, Tallahassee, 32302. And our email is intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. Well, hello and welcome to An Overcoming Life. And today we have our co-host and teacher, Miss Melinda Carroll. So, welcome. Thank you, Frank, so much. It's uh, always a blessing and a privilege to be able to share God's Word. Amen. It's uh, yes. It's just absolutely one of my highlights. Amen. And when you're doing what God tells you to do, it becomes a highlight in your life. Amen. I know because uh, different periods of my life, he's led me into prisons and the jail and nursing homes. And uh, every time, um, you know, he just moved mightily in those areas. You know, he he just anointed, he will anoint you and appoint you to do what you need to do for him in times of your life. So we, I just thank you so much. Um, Today, I'm going to be doing a teaching and it's entitled, a sword in your mouth. And uh, I pray that you get great um, understanding and um, insight into this message. I know it's going to be a blessing to you. But before I get started, I want to read out of Isaiah chapter 41 because the Lord led me to this uh, particular scripture for you today. It's from him. And he told me to read it at the beginning of the program. Okay. So it says, uh, Timely beginning. Timely word. Right? Yes, uh, it is. It uh, begins with verse 10. It says, fear not. For I am with you. Do not be dismayed. I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. And I will uphold you with my victorious right hand. He will uphold you. See all your enemies lie confused and shattered. Anyone opposing you will die. You will look for them in vain. They they will all be gone. I am holding you again by my right hand. I am holding you. I, the Lord God, say to you, Do not be afraid. I am here to help you. And then in verse 15, it says, You shall be a new sharp tooth, threshing instrument, to tear all enemies apart, making them chaff of mountains. You shall toss them in the air. The wind shall blow them away. The whirlwinds will scatter them. And the joy of the Lord shall fill you full, for you shall glory in the God of Israel. Amen and amen. And I just want you to meditate. Later, go back and open your Bible and begin to meditate on that because there are serious days ahead of us. And we need to grab hold of the scripture and know that God is with us and he is holding us, he says, by his mighty right hand. Amen Amen. and amen. So uh, that's why I believe this message is very, very timely that he's given me. Um, You know, in Isaiah 54, 17, the word says that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And so you say, how do we withstand, Miss Melinda? How do we withstand in this evil day? How do we stand against the powers of darkness? Well, we're going to have to do it with the whole armor of God, which it speaks of this in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 13 through 18. But during the battle itself, praying God's word becomes, it is the chief offensive weapon against Satan during our struggles. Did you hear what I said? The chief offensive weapon. 
because there are defensive weapons, but it's the only one that's offensive. Hebrews 4.12 says that God's word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. The Greek word for quick means alive, living, and lively. The Greek word for powerful means full of energy, energized, effective, and e active, I'm sorry, and effective. The sword symbolizes power, protection, authority, strength, and courage. That's what it symbolizes. Now, where does the word, where does the sword need to be? Where does, you know, the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit, where does it need to be? Well, the word tells us in Romans 10, 8, the word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. Also, I want to read to you Joshua 1, verse 8. It says, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you should meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do all that is it tells you to do all that is written. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have great success. This is not something we do once a year. This is not something we do once a week. This is something we're to do every day. And I'm telling you, we're going to need it. I'm telling you, we're going to need it more than we've ever needed it in the coming days. Now, this is the scripture that actually led me to the title of this message and to the rest of this message. Isaiah 49, 2. Listen to this scripture. And he, talking about the Lord, hath made my mouth like a sharp sword in the shadow of his hand, hath he hid me. And he made me a polished shaft, a polished shaft. In his quiver, quiver has he hid me. Now we're going to look, and it was amazing what I discovered, what the polished shaft meant and represented. But there are seven pieces to the armor of God, and the one we're zeroing in on today is the sword of the Spirit. So listen to what this polished shaft represented. It says, all the pieces of the soldier's arsenal are defensive weapons, but not the sword. Every piece, other piece, were, was used to protect us, Frank. The shield of faith, the, the helmet of salvation. All those other pieces are, are used to protect us. Okay, but not the sword. The sword, a gladius, was a deadly weapon. In the hands of a skilled warrior, he could pierce through even the strongest armor. <laughs> Our sword is the word of God. Both the written and the incarnate word. Every other piece of the armor protects us against attacks. With God's word, we are truly able to fight and defeat all the enemies. Do you hear what I say? All the enemies. Christ used the scripture to defeat Satan when he came to him and tempted him several times. He would say as in response to him, it is written. And he would quote the word of God. He was using that sword coming out of his mouth to, to uh, come back and say to Satan what the word of the living God. That was his weapon. The word of the living God that he quoted out of his mouth. Okay. Yeah. And we have to do the same. If we want to be overcomers and we want to win the battle, we must do the same. 
We must not fail in this hour. Listen to me. We must not fail in this hour to drive out the enemies of God. We have to keep standing until they're driven out and we see the victory. Don't stop short. Don't stop short. Now listen to what a polished shaft was. Polished shaft or choice arrows. Choice arrows, which being polished at the point, they were polished at the point or well oiled. Oiled is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. So being well oiled and shining and shining pierces the deeper. In other words, it causes it to go deeper. So the doctrines of Christ, the words of his mouth are compared to bright, sharp arrows, which make the cutting work and give great pain where they are pointed and they go, they go in. And as they sometimes do like arrows, swiftly, suddenly, and with great force and power into the area where we need to send it. Amen? And the Word of God tells in Isaiah 55, 11, that, the, that we send forth the Word and it comes out of our mouth and it goes forth uh, into where we're speaking it. And it says it doesn't return to us void. It is going to accomplish wherever we send it. In Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. So, this is exciting to me. The polished sword was free of dirt and rust that it would create resistance, no resistance after it had been released from its bow that so that it would not drift off course, but would hit its intended target with pinpoint accuracy. Wow. Wow. And I'm telling you, this is what I heard from the Spirit of God when I be began to get into this. He was saying, now is the time to polish your sword. Now is the time to get rid of the dirt, get rid of the rust, and get it polished up. It needs to be polished so that we can hit the target with accuracy where we're sending it. Amen? It's vital. It's critical. Now. It's critical. You know, Jesus, he spoke with authority and people were astonished, you know, at his teachings. Listen to Matthew 29, 7, 29. It says he taught them as one having authority, not as the scribes did. Matthew 28, 18, it says all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And he spoke that word with authority. He spoke it because he knew it was truth and he knew what he spoke was going to come to pass. He didn't doubt. He didn't speak with unbelief. He spoke with believing that he knew it was going to happen. Amen. Listen to Mark 127. It says uh, the scribes of Pharisees says, what is this new doctrine? What is this? <laughs> For with authority, listen to this, for with authority, he even commands the unclean spirits to come out and they don't have any choice but to go. They saw it happening and they couldn't believe it and they couldn't comprehend, comprehend right. it. Mm -hmm. It says, even with power in our words, we can't fully be effective unless we know how to use our words correctly, tastefully and accurately. We need to believe that our words, now listen to this, this is so important. We need to believe that our words are divinely appointed 
and that the sword of the Lord is in our mouth. You know, Frank, if we even thought about that for a minute before we said things oh, yes. and remind ourselves what I'm getting ready to pray or what I'm getting ready to say here, it's the sword of the Lord coming out of my mouth. Absolutely, yes. I think that we would see we a difference. Handled with care. <laughs> yes, handled with care. Yes. So let's, you know, Proverbs 18, 19 is an awesome scripture in the word of God. It really sums it up in a nutshell. It says death and life are in the power of our tongue and those that eat it, you know, those who love it will eat its fruit. You're going to eat it if, if you're speaking doubt, uh, death, unbelief. That's what you'll reap. If you're speaking words of life, you're going to eat good that good fruit. But if you're speaking words of death, you will eat that fruit. It's all summed up there. That's how powerful our words are. So God wants us to use them correctly. Listen to 1 Peter 3, 10. He who would love life and see good days, let him refrain his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Psalm 45, 5. Your arrows, listen to this. Remember I just said that polished shafts like arrows. It says your arrows are sharp in your enemies' hearts and they fall before you. They will fall before you. Psalm 141.3 Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth and keep watch over the doors of my lips to keep me from speaking thoughtlessly. We do not need to be speaking thoughtlessly. We need to consider what we're saying. Listen to what we're saying. Be tuned in and say no. And if we've missed it and we've said something that we know we shouldn't have, I immediately catch myself and I say, let every word that just came out of my mouth and not only my mouth, but if I hear others people speaking over me or one of my children or anybody else and it's not right, I say every word they just spoke, it falls to the ground. Right. It will not produce, produce fruit no in fruit. my life or my children's life or my friend's no. life. Amen? No fruit. In Jesus' name, no fruit. Proverbs 15, 2. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge rightly, but the mouth of fools pour forth foolishness. 15, 4. A soothing tongue, speaking words that build up and encourage, is a tree of life. But a perverse tongue, speaking words that overwhelm and depress, crushes the spirit. 1523, this is all out of Proverbs 15. A man has joy by the answer of his mouth and a word spoken in due season. Oh, how good it is. Amen. How good it is. You know, God, God is for us, brother and sister. He's not against us. He's given us everything we need to live and be victorious in this earth. But if we don't take it and use it, we will not see the fruit of it. We will not see the fruit of it. Exactly. Yeah. You know, when a soldier gets ready to go to war, especially, let's just say, the Air Force, right. and they're sent out, and they've been given a target to hit, do you know that they have to be very precise? They have to have everything fine-tuned so that they can hit that target right on. Exactly. When, when they drop that bomb, it's got to hit. It's got, you know, it needs to hit right on the target. And that's what they strive to do. That's what all their, their computers, everything that they must get ready uh, and, and prepare to do has to be precise. Now, there's a lot of uh, technology that goes into yes. these, these guided missiles. Yes. And uh, 
just to be sure to hit the target. Hit the target. Exactly. Yes, yeah. they have to prepare. They can't just go off with with their you know heads half cocked. You know what I mean? With not a plan. They got to have a plan, a precise plan exactly. for it to be successful. So, anyway, I want to give an example now of death by the tongue or and death by uh, 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 life by the tongue, death and life by the tongue. And hmm. I'm going to briefly tell about the story of the spies in Numbers 13 and 14. But the Lord spoke to Moses and said, send out 12 spies into the land of Canaan. And as I was studying this, I thought, Lord, why did you send them out to spy it out and to look at the land? You already knew what was there. The Lord knew what was there. He knows everything, doesn't he? He knew there were giants there. He knew that there were going to be obstacles, but yet he wanted to send them to look. Mm -hmm. And I believe it was all a test because he'd already told them, I've given you this land. It's yours. It's yours. It belongs to you. He sent them out to see what they were going to come back and say. And here's what happened. So there were two totally different outlets, out, outlooks when the spies came back. And they all saw the same situation with their eyes. So Joshua and Caleb had faith and were conquerors. They were willing to do the impossible and call the people into positive faith with that, what they had to say. They knew that God who opened up that Red Sea was the same God that was going to give them this land somehow. They were going to give it to them despite what they saw. So the 10 unbelieving spies came back with a report. And here's what they said. Oh, it's indeed a magnificent country, but the people living there are powerful, living in fortified cities, and there are giants there. Unbelief, my brother and sister, unbelief will never see beyond the difficulties. They'll ne- it'll never see it. Mm-hmm. Unbelief seeds, and, and, and they, they see the walled cities and the giants rather than the presence and power of God. This is what unbelief sees. Unbelief looks at the obstacles and faith looks at God. Unbelief looks at obstacles. There's no way, but faith looks at God and says, you are the way maker, the miracle worker. So Joshua and Caleb told the people, do not rebel against the Lord, nor fear the people of the land. They are our bread. Isn't that an awesome report? They're our bread. (laughs) We're going to eat them up. Let us go up at once, they said, and possess it, for we're well able to conquer it. Here's what the unbelieving spies responded. The land eats its inhabitants. Said the complete opposite. The land eats its inhabitants. We can't go against these people. They are stronger than we are. They will crush us. The land's full of warriors. The people are powerfully built. Again, we saw the giants in the land and we felt like grasshoppers. End result. Listen to this. Here's the end result. Those very men, this is found in 14, Numbers 14, 37. Those very men who brought an evil report about the land died by the plague before the Lord. But Joshua, the son of Nun, and Caleb, the son of Jethnu, remained alive of the men who were went to spy out the land. And listen to this. Because of Caleb's faith at the age of 85, He inherited the city of Hebron as his inheritance. He was still filled with strength and vigor. And as he grew older, he grew bolder and more dynamic for God. And you know, I researched it out. They don't know the age that Caleb died. So I don't know what to tell you, but he lived 85 and he was still going strong (laughs) because of his God. He knew his God. Amen. And he had faith in God. Joshua. Listen to this. He inherited Timnah, Sarah, which is in the mountains of Ephraim. 
He lived to be 110 years old. He was a mighty warrior. And listen to this. Israel continued to serve the Lord all the days of Joshua. They never got off course. It said they served him. He was a mighty man of war. And he just told it like it was. And so he was a great leader. So that was the end result. One result ended in death by what they spoke. The other one ended in life because of what they spoke. It's biblical. It's biblical. So we need to have that sword in our mouth. Amen. Sword in our mouth. So I want to just tell you that um, I, I just want to share a couple things that uh, personally, you know, through my Christian walk, thank God for the. I would say the uh, foundation that I received uh, when I was born again. I got into a church that taught the Word of God in a powerful way. Uh, we were under at that time many, you know, Frank, many great men of God oh, yeah. who taught yeah, the yeah, whole absolutely. Word of God. And not only that, there were signs and wonders operating oh, yeah. through their ministry. I mean, we saw it. We saw signs and wonders and miracles. So we got a great, strong foundation. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, I was taught, uh, you know, in my 30s, uh, you know, that you had to take the Word of God and do what I've been teaching you, you know, to be successful. And so I got rooted and grounded in it. I started on a Bible reading plan and uh, I'm still doing it today. Uh, and, you know, I got on this when I, like I said, I was in my early 30s. And uh, I have seen the fruit of it. I have seen God when troubles come. I go to the Word of God and I'll say even to Him, Lord, show me is there any specific uh, scriptures that I need to, to stand on, you know, uh, in this area. And He would lead me without fail to different ones to pray and stand and believe for uh, during uh, things that looked impossible. And, uh, and I would do that. And I would read the Word. And sometimes I got results uh, not to, I'm not saying uh, the next day, but fairly quickly. But other times it took, it took some years. And I want to tell you, I'm still standing for things that I've been praying for since I was in my young 30s and I still haven't seen it come to pass. But I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to because I'm still standing. I'm still believing. And then the Holy Spirit's even giving me words of encouragement along the way mm. to say, hey, th this is going to happen. He's already showed me some things that are going to happen. And so I, now I'm just thanking him for doing it. Amen. We must thank him for doing it before we ever see it. So, you know, God is faithful, uh, you know, and uh, we have to stand strong and keep believing for these things. You know, uh, when I was first born again, uh, I was praying for my entire family. Nobody else at that time that I knew of was born again and really serving God. And, uh, you know, I asked the Lord one time, I said, why? It seems like I'm the only one. And he showed me that it was my great grandmother and her faith. Every time I was in her presence, she was talking to me about Jesus. So I knew that it was her prayers. And so, but God used me and I stood in the gap for my family, stood in the gap. And let me tell you, every one of them said the sinner's prayer. Every one of them with me. My dad, before he died, I saw God answer that prayer in a great way. He prayed with me. My brother, my mother, uh, and they're not, not not just those that have already passed on, but others. I have I have prayed with and seen God answer the prayers. So the key is here: you just don't ever give up. Right. You don't ever right. ever give up. Uh, we must keep standing. You know, uh, you say, well, sometimes I just don't feel like I ever have a break. Well, <laughs> 
I, I just, I'm going to say what my daddy used to say. Well, this is just the way it is right now. You know, and this is the way it is, <laughs> you know, and you just got to keep fighting. I mean, we're not ever going to not be stop fighting here because we live in a world where there's evil. But there will be a day when when uh, we're going to have better days. And I know those are coming. Believe me, those are coming. And I just want to say right now, on the way here, I was praying in the Spirit. And the Lord spoke a very strong word to me. And I want you to listen to what I'm saying today. And if you know somebody that's in this condition, I want you to call them. I want you to encourage them because the Lord said that His glory is coming. His glory is coming. It's going to begin to fill the earth and we are going to see the miraculous. We will see it in a way like we've never seen it. And He told me that people are going to become, uh, be begin to be to become off of deathbeds. He's going to raise people off of deathbeds. If you're on a deathbed right now, I want you to claim this word. I want you to say, I receive that in the name of Jesus. Uh, the, the doctors are saying there's no more hope. There's no way out. And he said, I'm raising them off the bed of affliction. I'm pulling them off of that deathbed in the name of Jesus. So I just pray that right now for you, wherever you are around the world, there's no hope. Medical science can't do anything further for you, but God says, I'm calling you up off that deathbed in the name of Jesus. So God, I just thank you for doing it right now. I thank you that your word is true. Your word does not return void. And I thank you. You said your power, only your power can do it. And I thank you, God, for doing it and moving by your power to bring healing. And Lord... I pray right now for all other people, God, maybe they're not on the deathbed, but deathbed today, but they're still sick with sickness and disease. And God, we just come against that right now. We got, we speak that the anointing go out now and touch these people and bring healing to everyone with the sound of my voice that is sick in their body. We cut you free from that sickness. We command that sickness to loose you and come out of your body and that you be healed by the power of the living God. Jesus, we thank you that by your stripes, that you bore on that cross. They are free. They are healed. They are filled and they are free of the, by the power of the living God today in Jesus name, in Jesus name, God, he can do it. There's nothing. God says nothing is impossible to him who will believe. All you have to do is say, Jesus, I reach out and I take that. I take it. It's mine. And don't let go of that. Amen. Do not let go of that. Isn't that true, Frank? I mean, we know. We know that God's word is true and he is moving in a powerful way. Yes. Especially in these latter days. Yes. In these latter days. It's increasing. Yes. Yes. Melinda. I think it's time to give an invitation. Okay, we let's will. Let's get some new ones started. Yes, let's do. Let's do. Oh, we always want to give people an opportunity to come uh, to know Jesus because Absolutely. that is the beginning and the most important thing. So, you know, if you're out there today and you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord or Savior, or maybe you did and you're backslidden today. God loves the backslider. He never turns his back on you. He'll leave the 99 who are saved and doing well, and he'll go after for that one. And so if you're in that condition today, God wants to bring you back. So just pray. Say, Father God, in the name of Jesus, I'm asking you to come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you are God's son, and you came to die on the cross for me. Take my life and do something with it. And God, fill them with the Holy Ghost today and with power and that they would live for you for this day forward in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen. and amen. And we pray you pray that prayer today. Amen. Yes. Good.
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Your life will never be the same. Amen and amen. Well, another good word, Melinda. Another good word. Praise God. Sword in your mouth. Well, so amen. Important. Oh, yes, it is. It's vital in this hour. Absolutely. To amen. an overcoming life. Yes. <laughs> amen. Amen and amen. So this is Frank. And Melinda. And God bless. We love you. Amen. This program was produced by the Overcomers Ministry, a nonprofit corporation. We have a team of loving, caring prayer warriors that will intercede over your request, pray, and email you back. Contact us at intercedingprayer at yahoo.com. This is Frank. And this is Bobby. Thank, Thank you, you for, for listening. listening.